0: Hello, I'm Rami. And I'm Beth. And this is Brother Nose Quest, the podcast where I, your host, introduce my sister to the wonderful world of tabletop role-playing games. Beth, you don't have a clue what we're talking about today, do you? No. Okay. Well, I wasn't surprised about that. It is this. I know you like simple games. It's a dinosaur. Yes, but what's it called? In the water. Yeah. Yeah. Easy D6. Yeah, it's an easy game. Oh, it's uh, very self-explanatory, isn't it? It is. Fantasy Mayhem. It's a fantasy game, kind of like D&D. I know he like that. It's written and designed by DM Scotty McFarland. Scotty McFarland from YouTube fame. He he does a lot of the crafty side of D&D, if you look at his stuff. But he also wanted to play a simpler game. The art is from S-E-A-N. Is that Sane? Shane? Sean? I'm pretty sure that's a way to spell Sean. I think it's pronounced Sean. Bova, uh, Rat Catching, which is the layout in the rat catching, which is um, quality control editing, I'm guessing, is from uh, Brandish Gilheim? 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 I'm very sorry about the names. Terribly sorry. Runehammer Games published it. So if you know anything about them, they've done another game called, uh, they're another YouTube channel, Runehammer Games. A great YouTube channel when it comes to tabletop role-playing game. It's They published, um, what is it called? Index card RPG, where basically everything can be done with index cards. So I'll cover that next week. DM Scotty tested this at conventions for like two years before he brought it out and had it published. So he he really is good at what he does. It is very easy to play. The core mechanics go from page four to page 21. And that covers things like karma, time, actions, movement, turn order. The DM is called a rabble rouser. They have a section in the book called rabble rousing. It goes from page 44 to 50. And then it goes monsters are 58 to 85. Magic treasures is 88 to 98, 10 pages there. And a handy bit of tips that go from page 102 to 110. And those are by themselves very useful because he's been doing this for years, you know. Oh, and the players are called pushers and shovers. So you got the rabble rouser and the pushers and shovers. Why EZD6, he says? My wish was a smooth running RPG system that avoided the pitfalls of constantly looking up rules, complex character sheets, excessive tracking, and spells that read like stereo instructions. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. He dropped all the in-game mechanical uh, distractions. He left enough rules to uh, a great story created by everyone at the table. And he says, you know, the good stuff. Now, in our own games, he asks this question in here. How much of the immersion was broken from the story because we had to look up a rule or got confused over something? At this time alone, just the time restraint alone. Yeah. That was a problem. This is meant to stop that. That's good. Yeah. How to play. It's very simple. The rabble rouser will decide the number you must meet or beat for success. The range is between two to six, as a one always is a failure. Higher numbers for higher tasks, and I have a chart here. Tasks, easy. You roll a two. Normal, three. Four is hard. Five is very hard. Super hard is six. So you roll one D6. For most combat situations, you will need to roll a three or higher to hit your target. And enemies will need a three to hit you. Keeps the rules very simple. If you have training in something, it's considered a boon. So you uh, roll an additional die to your D6, so you get to roll two D6. So it's more, you know, twice as likely for you to do well. If you're good at one particular thing, eh, there you go, 2d6 is set of one. An exceptionally hard task incurs a bane, which means you roll 2d6 and take the lower of the two. And the hero die I mentioned earlier in that one chapter. At the start of the session, each hero gets a hero die. This can be burned anytime in the game to re-roll a single dice, even if you rolled a nat one. Once this is used, you discard that hero die. It can be reacquired at any time by spending five karma to retrieve it. You have a karma stat. You get karma by failing rolls. And you start off a few three karma at the beginning of each session. You start off with three karma. And if you fail some rolls, you get more karma every time you fail a roll. So it's a very useful thing. You know, I failed a couple rolls. I got two karma from it. Now I got five karma. I'm going to use my hero dice. Now I'm out of hero dice. I'll spend that five karma to get my hero dice back. There's just a lot of good ways to get some extra good rolls because it is a little dangerous only having one d6 and you have to, you know, at least hit a three on it. Do I have 10,000 hit points like in D&D? No. You have three strikes. I mean, that is like a normal yeah. game. That would be simple. Enemies can take more or fewer strikes than you, depending on factors in the enemy and monster section. It covers that. How do I cover lost strikes? Magic spells, like you would, like a cleric kind of thing. You can also recover strikes by healing naturally and eating a good meal, resting for a night. Stuff you'd expect from a fantasy RPG. Mm-hmm. Armor is a hero's first line of defense. Armor allows heroes to make armor saves. After each strike they take, a successful roll avoids the strike. A hero who was hit takes the the strike. Any armor save they fail. You are hit for multiple strikes of damage. Like a crit, you can get to make the roll for each strike point. So there's still a chance that crit won't do as much damage as you think. Um, Villains and enemies do not normally have save roll features. Remember that karma can be used to boost a save as well. In case you get hit real, you know, you think you want to take something, it might put you down. You can use your karma die to fix that. How do you make your character myth? You choose your hero's path. There's nine of them. There's the warrior, the warden, the delver, the brute, the rascal, the friar, the conjurer, the beastmaster, and the scald. I'll go into those a little bit more in a minute. And then you choose your species. You have the classic fantasy species. I'll mention those in a bit too. Uh, Choose your inclinations. Three for humans, two for other species. Useful abilities and powers to further define your hero. Create two aspects or create during gameplay to help make your character feel more natural in the world. After you get used to it, kind of handy. It's to round out your hero concept. If you're a conjurer, choose a circle of sorcery. It defines the type of spells you use. then you choose your equipment. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fairly easy to describe. I don't know how I would have described D&D that well. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have the hero path of warrior. Always on the front line, uh, dealing pain to those who oppose you. You have three strikes like everybody else. You have heavy armor. Save against wounds on a three plus with a shield. Four plus without. So um, anytime you roll three or higher, you save on your against strikes. Uh, or if you have no shield, you roll a four or higher and your armor protects you from the strike. Your boon is in melee and strength tasks. Um, you have special skills here like shield sacrifice as a free action. Once per turn, you can deflect all attacks damage for yourself or a close ally. Then you have dual weapons. You are deadly at using two weapons. and brute strike, you are a monster at two-handed weapons. You have the Warden. Few can escape your overland tracking skills and dead-eye shots. Uh, you have Median Armor, and you're a Ranger, pretty much. You're a Trail Finder and a Forager in the skill section. The Hero Path of Delver. You call Dark Holes and Dark Dungeons home. Your boon is melee or ranged weapons and splabunking and subterranean exploring test. Which is original idea. Uh, the only thing I've seen like this is in Numenera, where you could be a, I'm pretty sure, a Delve is what it's called. And you will go down to old places and dig up treasures and such. This is kind of sticks out in the fantasy setting. Maybe it's in Pathfinder, but you don't see it very often. Stuff like this. Yeah. A minor, pretty much. Then you have the Brute, a terrifying force of iron, muscle, and primal rage. You have a strike, you have five strikes, which is two more than most people. You do have light armor, though. You have to roll a six to avoid getting hurt if somebody attacks you. But melee and strength tasks are your boon. You have the ability, you're superstitious. You can resist <laughs> magical attacks with a boon, or you have uh, Enrage. You sacrifice one of your own strikes to inflict extra damage to someone, and you're a rascal if you choose that path. Some may call you a criminal, but that depends on your perspective. Uh, you have light armor. You have acrobatics as your boon, and you know tricks, and you can avoid a single melee strike and stuff like that. Gank. If you surprise a foe or an enemy is engaged with another combatant, you roll two d6 attack die and do a wound for each die that hits. It's very rogy. Then they got to the conjure, a master of powerful forces of magic. You have light armor. Mystical or magical mystery is your boon. Magical mystery tasks is what you got a boon in. You have master of magic, uh, wand or staff, um, a mystic barrier and seeker of sorcery. You have a lot of different things added to that you could play. A hero path, a friar, a holy roller, a pious servant, or a crackpot. You can decide. <laughs> a crackpot? Yeah. You could just believe in a god that ain't real and just get magic some other way. Um, huh? you, you just happen to have magic and think it's a god that ain't there. Or you could be all. You could be all the above. You could be a pious man and still be crazy. Mm-hmm. He has medium armor. You have a boon in resisting heretical powers. Magic. <laughs> and religious knowledge tasks. I like how they said it. you have a boon in resisting heretical powers. And then they have parentheses. Magic. Magic ain't real. If it ain't a god, it didn't happen. You have empathic healing. Heal anyone within a nearby range. And holy light. As an action, you can call down a holy light. Light can heal nearby allies or damage enemies. That's pretty useful. The Scald. Stories are your trade and your legends are your inspiration. You have a boon in lore tasks and performance. Your scroll master, you can cast magic from scrolls and strands of fate. As one who has studied the omens, you have the ability to manipulate luck in your favor. Uh, You get extra karma and stuff. If, but rolling well doing well um, a traveler on your travels you have had ample opportunity to hone a skill pick a random skill and gain a boon in that ability and then you have the beast master you have realized uh, your gift of animals is rare and wonderful melee or ranged weapons and beast empathy are your boon you can do beast speech uh, beast aid and beast friend there's a lot of extra stuff you could do as a beast master here's the races human pick a third inclination we didn't cover that elf dwarf halfling and goblin you can play as a goblin now choose your inclinations those are they have a whole list of them but i'm going to name a few of them there's alchemist born blessed you start each session with six karma instead of three it's kind of useful a dandy your demeanor encourages diplomatic or amiable situations boon to all social checks a faithful demons and undead can only hit you on a plus five that's pretty good you have a familiar an imp like creature you have uh, a fighter, you have a boon of melee weapon. It's a good way to kind of add some extra flavor. Like you could be a conjurer and take fighter as one of your inclinations. And so you're a conjurer with a sword. A hedge wizard, you have no sorcerer yourself, but you can use scrolls to cast magic. That's a good way to get fighters into magic. And you have block picking, it's a good way to get people into the whole rogue like thing. Yeah. Oh, and also marksman, uh, a nimbus of light. As a free action, you can summon a floating orb of light that follows you for the day. And you have sneaky victory in failure you gain uh two karma for every failed role instead of just one and then we can, you know we have the standard or specifically cool creatures in the back and it's a it st- don't really have much of a setting so much as it is a fantasy setting so i can't really talk about that but i could talk about how simple the rules are and it's all just a d6 or two d6s and it's all on just a couple pages Another one of these short games I wanted to cover because I knew you liked them. Yeah. And it will lead me into Index Card RPG, another fairly simple game that was made by the same publisher next week. Cool. Yeah. Would you play this one? This one seems really easy. Yeah. It's even easier than... Uh, well, it's in the title. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's even easier than uh, Dungeon World, which is like the Powered by the Apocalypse one we covered by Adam Koble mm-hmm. And uh, what's his name? I can't remember. Now, I'll also add a a drive through RPG link to this. It might be PDF. It might be print. It might be both. It'd be an affiliate link. I'll put it in the description if you're interested in it. But Beth, you said you would play it, right? Yes. Which would you rather play, this or Troika? This. Okay. I've got one other game that's easier than this to run, but this one has more advice in it for like deeming and stuff because it was made by somebody who's done it for years. I'm not saying the other game wasn't made by somebody who didn't do it for years, but this one is just more approachable. And it's also a prettier book. Very green i like that color neon green i guess is what it is yes if you had to pick a game for us to play on a stream one day for like two to three hours what would it be out of all the things we've talked about oh uh i mean this one sounds easy but i forgot wasn't there another one i was really enthusiastic about but i cannot remember what was it about i knew there's a God's of appalachia sounds fun too it does sound really fun and we know the area yeah. We also had the Fallout game. Um, I can't remember which one you mm. might have been the most excited about. Oh, the fantasy. Well, it's all fantasy. <laughs> Alice in wonderland oh, looking one. Oh, uh, we're all mad here. Yeah. From uh, Monty Cook Games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I'll look into doing that, but just for our trial, I'd like to do something simple. Simple. This yeah. would be perfect and now, for that. Don't get me wrong. Cypher system is easy to run. It's just a little bit more crunchy than this. But it also has more advancement role. This doesn't, this doesn't have this a whole lot. This is pretty much to the point. Yeah, it, well, it also doesn't have a whole lot in the way of advancement. Your character won't advance much. It can. It has a little bit in there about it. But you know, leveling up isn't really the biggest thing about this game. It's meant for, uh, like he would run it at conventions. He would go in, run it, and then people would walk off and he'd bring in another group and run it. It really wasn't meant to keep a long campaign going. There is a way to do it, but it isn't really the backbone of this. Um, it's more like a one-shot kind of thing. Start a new thing the next day. Go on. But like I said, you can do it. I don't want to give it the wrong impression. That's not how I would do this game, though. Uh, now, where I'm at here is something you could advance through. And it's not a huge book. How many pages are in it? 109. Okay, yeah. There's 109 pages. And a lot of it's just monsters. And it's got a pretty good-sized font, too. Yeah, it's, so. it's it's easy. I've never been to a proper convention. But I know there's a lot of people and you have very strict time restraints on how long you're allowed to do certain things. Yeah. If you're going to run a game, you have to keep it into a certain level of short. Yeah. So (laughs) in that time, and this is that kind of setup, Uh, be kind of thing you pull out for somebody at a party and like, hey, we want to try a game. Okay, well, let's try this. This is a lot like D&D in its own little way. Mm -hmm. Again, I apologize to all the people whose names I mispronounced at the very beginning. It's okay. If you listen to my podcast, then it should not be an issue. Yeah, I'm terribly sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, if you like what you heard here, there'll be a link tree link description in the bottom. You could find our homepage in the first link on that page will be our homepage. It will show you all of our other podcasts. We have Leveling Duo, it's a podcast where I talk about tabletop or talk about video games, with my friend Dakota. We have Horrific History and Hauntings. It's where my sister tells me about exactly what's in the title. Some horrific history, a haunting. Uh, a lot of it's true things, some of it that might be in other episodes are a little bit more fictional perhaps, because ghosts and all, but sometimes like it's just horrible, horrible history stuff. We are trying to start streaming on YouTube, we had been planning on doing it on Twitch, but it's not working out so well in general, so we're moving to YouTube, I've got the setup ready, find our link in the link tree also for YouTube, and subscribe there, you can listen to our episodes there if you want to, or YouTube music and you'll be able to watch the streams and the videos after we stream them. We'll still be on there for watching, for your viewing pleasure. We'll be playing some game. We're going through the Halo series. Beth and I are. She might be doing some Sims. Actually, if it's Sims, it'll be on Twitch. It'll be on YouTube, but it won't be live because she'll stream it to Twitch, and then I'll have to port it over to YouTube, so it won't be live. Thank you for listening. I have been Rainey And I'm Beth. This has been Does Quest. Bye-bye.